you know, we've got a lot of problems here in America. A lot of traitors, man. We got a lot of people right now in our nation's capital selling us out, man, for diamonds, money, gold, jealousy, or greed. They're selling human lives out for money. And Orndorff, you walked that same line with those traitors, brother. You sold out friendship, the eternal bond that I tried to establish, even though there was a bead of sweat between our hands every time. I didn't realize that it was a sheet of sweat that separated jealousy and friendship. Orndorff, you sold out at the wrong time. You were on the verge of greatness. Now you're on the verge of destruction. And when I get you in Canada, I got one point to prove. No scientific wrestling, no reversals, nip and tuck, strikes, bat and tear. Warned off, I got a lot to tear up. Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. All right, Chris. So we have watched the big event. Yes, we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big event. It took place in Toronto, Canada on August 28th, 1986 at the Canadian National Exhibition Stadium with over 70,000 people, if Gorilla is to be believed. Yes, I like calling it the CNE, like Luscious John did. Yeah, so that's way easier to say. Yeah, so Gorilla I'm, did too. I'm going, I'm going with that. Yeah, and Gorilla Monsoon was doing <laughs> the commentary along with Luscious Johnny Valiant and Big Cat Ernie Ladd. So he was babysitting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All due respect to the other guys, yeah. like it just kind of like I guess they were. It almost seems like they were backstage, and Vince was like, "I need two guys." Right. <laughs> Oh, you're man- no, you're not managing tonight, John. Get in right. there. Ernie, you got nothing. Okay, get up there. Yeah. And to be fair, in the primetime wrestling network feed, you will hear matches being called on a color commentary basis by Luscious John and Ernie Ladd, respectively. They call matches with Gorilla at the Garden before, so they're, yeah. they're not they're not like amateur rookie right. types, you know. But yeah, they were fine. It's weird not having like either like Ventura or Heenan or you know, but right. you know, that's that's to come later. Ventura was out doing Predator, I believe. Yeah, I was gonna say, and Heenan had a, not a ton to do, but he was involved in the show, so he had other stuff to do. Yeah, the the biggest hyped matches on the card were both Heenan matches. Right, like, going into this. Yeah, some of the other ones probably delivered more than some of the other ones, but. The things that they were really pushing story-wise were the two things Heenan was involved in, right. for sure. So, let's get to the opening match. Alright, well, yeah, the opening match, this is a stacked card, and like you were saying, I, it feels like this is kind of an upload. We watched it on the WWE Network. This feels like an upload of like the home video version. It definitely is. Because There's it no is doubt. clipped a lot. Some of the matches are clipped. Um, they're they're like sort of full matches, but there are obvious edits in the matches where they clip it for time. And there's, like, no in-between. They just, when one match ends, they may do the announcement, and then boom, the next guys are in the ring. There's a, there's a, there's a lot yeah. of edits in it. So the pacing of the show as a whole, watching it, uh, this version of it, is super fast. You never yeah. get a chance to breathe. Well, that's a Coliseum Video thing for yeah. sure, because I remember watching Mania 3 a ton on Coliseum Video, and it wasn't until, like, years later, whenever the DVD came out, I actually got to see the entrances. They yeah. did, They clipped almost... I'd say three quarters of the show's entrances yeah. on the even the WrestleMania three the the show of shows yeah, yeah. so that's just that's just how it 
how they did it back. What, in the I just day. think it's weird that yeah. they would up, that that's the version that they would upload to the network if yeah. they, unless they just didn't have any other version of it. Or maybe they didn't have maybe they don't have master footage with commentary going at all times. It'd be like a lot maybe. of like just points of silence with no gorilla talking about anything. Yeah. I bet that's probably the case. That, maybe that's my guess at yeah, least. Who knows? But. As an overall show, I'll just say right up front, because we do these shows as, you know, kind of a network watching guide, if you will. That's sure. that's how we've established this. I'll say right up front, man. If you're a fan of uh, satisfying finishes in a match, or like not too much generic wrestling shenanigans that they usually get down to about maybe two matches on a card, this is probably not the show for you. Yeah, there were a number of DQs and a count out and lots of, um, like you said, shenanigans, feet on the ropes, things like that. Which, you know, that can work in a in a match, but sometimes it cuts a match short, and that happened a few times on this one, those kind of finishes. Yeah, and we'll get to some of the other issues we have about the show as we go. So, yes, we are in the opening match. Yes, the first match is a tag team match. It is the Funks of whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, Terry is gone. <laughs> yeah, they're still the Funks, though, sort of. It's Haas <laughs> Funk and Jimmy Jack Funk yeah. with Jimmy Hart in their corner versus the Killer Bees. Yeah. I hate that they bill the quote-unquote Funk Brothers in here with it being Dory slash, in quotes, yeah. Haas Funk and Jimmy Jack Funk, who's not a real Funk. Yeah, but in this me. version of WWF, yeah. he is. So. So, I'm not yelling at you, Chris. Yeah, I'm yelling at Vince. <laughs> Um, in the match, I think it was it was it was all right. It was pretty standard, and I think it was a decent opener. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, pizzazz to it, I guess, but it was a decent decent match. I think. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like for big shows from uh, for a lot of these events, I think Vince liked to put at least one of the tag team specialist teams in the opener because yeah. the crowd gets excited, I get excited, so it, it's. It was good to put the bees on there, especially. So, right. and they were still pretty new, so having them at the bottom of the card also makes sense. Sure, but yeah, they're they're fun to watch. Then, like, always a competent team. I'm a fan of tag team wrestling, and they were a good tag team. We, you know, of course, made the comment like that seems like something that would go on now instead of them. The whole mass confusion thing. Oh yeah, it's just uh, you know they really only did it for about a year while they were there, but. It was that was their whole gimmick for a long time, and the fact that these are baby faces, right? Because they didn't wear masks to the ring, but they bring them out when they get in trouble and need to do what's now called twin magic. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's just odd. It's weird to see the baby face team do that, like you said, and that, that yeah. kind of it didn't. I mean, I thought it was interesting. It didn't sour me on the match because yeah. of it yeah. necessarily, but it is weird to give the, an obvious heel team sympathy by. <laughs> doing something like that you know? yeah they got jimmy hart in their corner and the bee still cheated more than they did right <laughs> that's that's almost a miracle it's, right. it's very impressive yeah. <laughs> but there's also I, there's a battle royal and i want to say i i want to say i said on youtube i don't believe it's on the network at all mm. but it's like from around this time and the bees are in it and i think one of them gets tossed and they do the mask bit oh right. and i think one of them wins because of it don't don't hold me to that, but right. I want to say that actually did happen. Don't hold you to that battle royal that we have no idea when or where it took place. Yeah, but I, it was definitely on YouTube. Okay, <laughs> I saw it. It's a WWE. It's probably from like Canada or something. Mm-hmm. Once again, sure. But I, I know that 
they've used that thing to at least avoid elimination in a battle royal at one point no, in history. Yeah, sure. So that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Austin did it. I I think it it, sure. it plays. You know. Yeah, but I think it plays more in like the ni- mid to late nineties. I think yeah, when yeah. baby faces would do that or, yeah, or tweeners or whatever you want to call exactly. them. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Decent match. Yeah, it was fine. And so on this show, there are no interview segments to speak of. And it just goes, like we said, it clips right to the next match. In the ring already are King Tonga and the magnificent Morocco with his manager, Mr. Fuji. Yeah, and I was excited to see this match because I think both guys are very, very good in the ring. They're almost kind of underrated, especially for historical purposes, you know, and... And Haku got real big late in his career. Yeah. You know, like during the Attitude Era, he was massive. Right. But this is when he's still like fresh-faced, baby-faced. Yeah, he's like mid to late 20s. I think he's like 26, 27, somewhere around yeah. there. Probably like, what do you think, 230 maybe, tops? Around there. Maybe a little bit bigger. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a big guy. And Morocco sure. is well, gigantic, and yeah. he's a, about as tall as Morocco is. Yeah, by comparison, anybody yeah. looks small standing next yeah. to Morocco. Morocco's a fucking house, yeah. man. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and... I, I say this every time we talk about a Morocco match. He's very good, and for his size, he's quick, and he's technical. Yeah. I always like that about him, you know, so yeah. respect to the guy. If I yeah. see him at WrestleCon next year, I want to I want to go I wanna meet him. Yeah, I like Morocco, and he was good in this, but I think uh, Tonga was the standout in this one. He was yeah. he was flying a little bit, and that's not something you you associate with Haku. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, once again, especially later on, even during the King Haku era, he yeah. wasn't really moving around all that much. He definitely paced himself a lot slower yeah. because he was a heel. That makes sense. Right. But yeah, it was just it was a fun match, uh, real solid. I mean, that's a that's a perfectly solid primetime wrestling main event. Sure, <laughs> and I liked it for that reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I liked it, and it, it went on a decent length as well. So. Oh. Yeah, these first two matches, I was like, yeah, all right, this could be this could be something good. Yeah, playing the seeds of the name change right then and there because Luscious John has all yeah. been out of shape because he says, I want to be called Haku, and they're still right. not billing him as that. So yeah. have you ever heard of that, where someone gets called this officially on the card, mm. yet he's like, no, I don't like that name. I want uh, to be called this. Uh, Beaver Cleavage. Oof. <laughs> Man, you had to go there, huh? Well, it's the first thing that came to mind. All right, Russo. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so the next match up is Ted RCD versus Tony Gurria. Ted RCD, the third or fourth build guy of all time, is the world's strongest man. And as exciting to watch as you would think if you've never seen a Ted RCD match. Yeah, he, he, he wrestles, he's one of those guys, big guys that stands in the middle of the ring and allows the other guy to run around him and come to him and he... That's pretty much the entirety of this match. It didn't last very long. Yeah. We're probably going to spoil this card more than any other review we probably ever do, at least mm. on the foreseeable future. But Tony Gurria deserved better. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's well, not saying he lost. It's not saying he lost, but he deserved better than having to yeah. work that stiff. <laughs> so. so, yeah, this was a short match, and there's really not much more to say about it than that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but after that, we do get one of the very few interview segments. Gene, uh, Mean Gene, is out in the crowd area with Jimmy Hart. And uh, they're getting ready for later on, or actually the next match up, uh, Jimmy Hart's man, Adrian Adonis, is fighting Junkyard Dog. And apparently Jimmy Hart wants to get revenge for JYD, like, pantsing him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he, he kept talking about. He, he took my pants off. And that's, what, that's, like, why he was so mad. <laughs> what a cause for a feud. Right. <laughs> Jimmy got pants a lot. I remember the Bushwreckers used to do it a lot, yeah. too, back in the day. But 
Uh, one of my favorite parts of the whole show was right here during that interview segment. Mm. When Adon- what, what is it? Adonis, when he's he catches up with Jimmy on his yeah. way to the ring because like Jimmy's talking to Gene, and Adonis is ready. I'm hitting the ring, and he goes, "It's damage time or something." Yeah. Like that. Oh, I was like, yeah, "It's yeah. clubbering time," you know. Yeah. But I was like, "Whoa, hey," you know, because <laughs> it's a good I catchphrase. Lo- yeah. yeah, it's a great. And they always kind of went there with Adonis because Adonis had that gimmick, boy. Yeah. But I liked when the violent side came out of him. You know, really yeah. just a good yin-yang that gave his character a lot of depth. Right. He had a lot of anger in him. Right. And I like when they show that part about him. So, yeah, I was already invested in this match heavily. I was thinking it was going to be similar to the... Uh, you know, kind of like the JYD Harley Race match from Mania Three. I was expecting that one. Yeah, you know, and I've almost expected a similar finish. I uh, didn't really get that. It was it was it was a bit more strange and odd. This match it was kind of all over the place because you got two gimmick, really heavily gimmicked wrestlers. Yeah, you kind of need one mechanic in there, and then one guy that's gonna do the shtick. Well, yeah, but this is a double shtick match. Is yeah, I like, to like call it. all over the place because Adrian Adonis is bumping all over the place. Yeah. Like when when you sell a JYD crawling headbutt by flipping around and falling into the ring post on the that was completely behind you. <laughs> yeah, that's a little odd. Yeah, <laughs> and we love him for it. Yeah, I mean it's fun, but it's like okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So there's some entertainment in here, and yeah, but once again, as I said at the top of the show, you know. Man, there's just so many finishes in here that are just like, they leave a lot to be desired. Yeah. This one didn't even make sense. I mean, not to spoil it, but the I'll point out when stuff doesn't make sense without going too in-depth. But Yeah, that way you're not upset at the time you might have wasted yeah, <laughs> if, this is, if this is the kind of thing that's going to bother you. Yeah, so, so it, the ruling just doesn't make sense at all. And okay. if you want to yeah. get deeper into that, contact us on facebook through cnjradio.com and we'll, we'll talk all about it yeah but next up is uh dick slater versus iron mike sharp which i'm not really that familiar with watching these guys i don't think i've seen many matches from either one of them yeah i've seen a handful of dick slater matches i have easily seen more iron mike sharp matches in my yeah. lifetime for sure and of course that's a lot of that is uh you know uh jobber matches with Mike Sharp putting guys over. But I've seen a few matches where he wins. You know, it's a lot earlier in his career, of course. But Dick Slater, I know, from the JTEX Corporation. And, you know, just a few NWA shots here and there. So I've seen him wrestle from time to time. But, yeah, it's weird that I was more familiar with Mike Sharp. But Slater's got the more impressive resume. Right. It's kind of like a Pedro Morales type. Like, he did a lot of stuff when I wasn't really watching. Yeah. So he's one of those guys. And we're still in that part where... You know, younger guys are coming up still, and old guys are kind of being phased out. Right. So Vince hasn't yet completed his his uh, whole thing about. You know, I don't know if he was really out to get rid of all the old guys. That's kind of unfair of me to yeah. say, but it does have that feel to it. Yeah. So this is one of those shows where we really don't know what's going on except for a handful of things. Right. But the other thing if this intrigues you at all Dick Slater's working babyface which I've never seen before so that was a first for me yeah and that was about all I got out of the match once again like a lot of matches on here and this could be the Coliseum thing but short match yeah and I think I think this is probably one of the because there were like I said the clips were noticeable when they did it because they actually froze the frame and it wiped across the screen yeah so it was super obvious when they did it there could have been hidden ones in there too but I don't 
uh, I kind of I think that this one might have been clipped as well. Some of the bigger ones, more marquee matches, weren't necessarily clipped all that much. I don't think. Yeah. But probably a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't, and I'm not talking about the match necessarily because I don't really remember. That. I mean, it, so it, that's how much it stood out as yeah. we watched it. It happened like an hour or so ago. Yeah. And I don't really remember that much about it. I remember the finish, and that's about it. Yeah, the the finish was fine. Yeah. I didn't have a huge problem with that one. It was at least somewhat flashy. Yeah. So. Which I didn't expect uh, Dick Slater either. Yeah, right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. all I got. And so after that, we go back out to the crowd, and Heenan's talking to Gene about the upcoming match, which is a six-man tag team match. The Machines with Captain Lou Albano wrestling versus Bobby Heenan, King Kong Bundy, and Big John Studd. Yeah. Can I go ahead and pull the masks off of these guys sure, for the ahead. viewers at yeah. home? Okay. So, there's this whole thing. Andre the Giant suspended because he no-showed some events. Heenan got him suspended because, of course, Heenan's been feuding with Andre for like two years now at this right. point. So makes sense that he would want to push that forward. He got his way. Andre went to go film The Princess Bride in real life, so they came up with this whole thing that when he came back, he was going to be a tag team in this thing called The Machines, mm. which featured Bill Eady, who later became Axe and Demolition, mm. who was formerly the Masked Superstar, so he's in there. He's the short one. <laughs> What's his machine name? Do you remember? Uh, Super Machine. Okay. Because there's Giant Machine, Big Machine, and Super Machine. Okay. I think that's how it goes down. I believe Giant Machine is obvious. Giant Machine is not a giant. And the one who wasn't the initial part of the tag team right. but became the third man was played by a Hall of Famer Blackjack Mulligan. Mm. So... There's a, a lot of Hall of Fame talent in the ring here. Right. I, I I was thinking about that when I was watching the match, which might lead to something else, but I'll try to stay off of it. So, okay, so you got Andre, mm. Albano, Axe, did I already say Blackjack Mulligan? No, no, I didn't. Bundy, Stud, Heenan. The only two that aren't in the Hall of Fame are Axe, which we know why he's not in the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame, but Demolition should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm. And King Kong Bundy, who apparently isn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I can't remember him going in. Yeah, that's so weird. That, that's yeah. my new campaign now. Right, King Kong yeah. Bundy for yeah. the Hall of Fame. I'll buy that. Yeah. So, but, but that being said, I'm, I'm kind of not going over the match like I should. But, you know, this was a very hyped match going into the event. And this would probably be the one as a kid I think I would be looking forward to the most. Oh, yeah. It, it has the most, I think, appeal. Even now, I think, looking back at it, it's Albano and Heenan in there. Yeah. Like, the machines are kind of generic, but knowing, obviously, it's Andre the Giant. Like, that's unmistakable. Yeah. Um, he's not actually wrestling, though. He's in the corner or on yeah. the floor. But it's uh, the other two machines, the two smaller ones. Yeah. He'll see some action, but yeah. we're not going to say how. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, corner guys pretty much always have a little bit of action, especially yeah. in this day and age where like it's almost constant. Yeah. And getting to see Heenan in his little Andre the Giant outfit. Yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. And he yeah. bumps his ass all over that ring. Um, but yeah, I think as far as like a spectacle thing, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have a massive problem with it and... Yeah, I, the crowd seemed to be okay with everything that went down in the match. So yeah. why should I? Why should I worry so much? I, right. I, I had to sit. I wasn't out there in the cold. I just watched it at home. Right. I was decently entertained. Yeah, and Heenan, yeah. Heenan was doing the the thing where he would stay on the corner until his team got one of the other guys down, one of the machines, usually the smaller one, yeah. and uh, he would tag in, and he got caught a time or two. And, yeah. Yeah. And then when Albano was 
quietly just waiting on he didn't get in a lot yeah. and so when he finally got in he meets up with him no oh, it's it's a cool moment yeah there you go so if you want to see captain lou and bobby the brain in a wrestling match even just for a brief moment this is a recommended match i yeah. have to say yeah the finish is kind of a train wreck but you sure. know whatever it's the big event. It's yeah. all train wreck. Yeah, and uh, I guess in this match, the finish isn't that important. It's really the match building up to it. Yeah. It's amazing how it would play out over time. But Right. Yeah. All right. What but we got next, Chris? Then that leads into the next match, which would be... I didn't know the card going into this, but if I did know the card, this would have been the one I was looking forward to most. It's Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. If you've been following us in our Saturday Night's main event reviews, then... This is right there a few months after Jake Roberts DDT'd Ricky Steamboat on the concrete floor. Yeah, and they reference it, and the gorilla references it in the in, during the course of this match. Yeah, and the first uh, that I know of, of the many snake pick matches they would have over yeah. time, so, yeah. which... We we realize now that snake pit matches are no disqualification matches, right? But the th- so it was just on the graphic too. It said yeah. snake pit match. I don't think it was announced as that in the ring. I, I could be wrong, but I it, maybe I missed it. Yeah. But I, they didn't have the snake or the dragon or anything. No, like, no. But I think it was because it was an outdoor stadium and it was Toronto and it was cold. They had mentioned how cold it was throughout the night a couple times. Yeah. So I think cold-blooded animals not going to work too well in yeah. that kind of weather. Do you think the wrestlers had a problem with the weather? I always wonder about things like that. I doubt it. Pro- you think they're, but do you think some of them are so used to it being hot when you wrestle that it throws them off and it's I, cold? I would imagine it would be better. Like when you're playing football and it's cold, like you like it more, you know, hmm. unless it's like snowing. Right, right. Just just miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like but, Green Bay or something. But once you start working, like you're, you're gonna warm up. Okay. Yeah. I, I would. I would imagine that they would like it. Just a hypothetical thrown yeah. out there. That's how my brain works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this match was it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like super spectacular. I don't think. Like I know they could have better matches, but it was it was definitely a solid match as you would expect from these two. Yeah, and that's uh, on a card like this. This match was. You know, kind of in, it was definitely in the vein of pacing of kind of being a Saturday Night's Main Event match, but also main eventing a house show, but it was very much appreciated being on this card. Yeah. I gotta say, like, it it really especially stuck out. I mean, it, it would compete even if this was like a real top to bottom, real shit hot show, but, right. but they, you know, proving why these guys are two of the greatest of all time. Right. So, Yes. My my initial reaction was a little lean there. I apologize, yeah. but yeah, no, I I did enjoy this match, and I woke up just as much as I did just now when I was watching it. So yeah, but yeah, it's because uh, I think up to this point, like the show, this is a little over halfway through the show, and I think the six man really kind of it upped the bar quite quite a lot actually. Yes, like the matches up to that point was like, uh, this is gonna drag on all night. It's only two <laughs> hours on the network, but it felt like a lot longer up to that point. It probably was at least three in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, and speaking of the crowd, like, there's a few times throughout the night that I noticed, like, the Toronto crowd kept looking at stuff away from the ring. And yeah. in some matches, I was like, okay, yeah, fine. It's like <laughs> Slater and Sharp in the ring. Yeah, it's fine. Uh-huh. Look look at something else over there. <laughs> right. But I noticed it a few times, and there was one match, I think it, it may have been that match, where the crowd was just completely had... No, it was a later match. I'll, I'll mention yeah, yeah, it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had their backs completely to the, the ring, like, yeah. almost the entire time, because they were uh-huh. looking at something else. Yeah. Everybody's just... Everybody's so friendly in Canada. It was kind of like a family reunion. They just all sure. talk to each other, like, yeah. "Oh, hey, how you doing?" You know. But they didn't do it during this <laughs> match because Robert Steamboat was it was it was good. Yeah, there were Jake the Snake chants, right? Like sporadically, a uh, of course, guys, you know, as as guys do. But yeah, yeah, Jake had a lot of fans. I noticed that watching those old main events, that he definitely had a fan base. Which one of the first just terrible villains to have that? Really, I think. Yeah. You know, at least that I noticed this time around watching old shows. Right. But yeah, we'll see if there's more to come. Yeah. But the next matchup is the one where they had their backs to the crowd, which I completely understand. It's Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Which we like Hercules, but not yeah. so much on uh, Haynes. Yeah. Billy Jack. Uh, Billy yeah. Jerk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for Hercules because it seems like he's a decent wrestler, but any feud he ever had was just the least interesting thing on the card every yeah. time and it's it's a shame the best it ever got for hercules was his initial baby face turn when dibiase tried to own him as a slave <laughs> and the only reason they yeah. did that was to take the heat off of virgil right but yeah that was it that's the best it ever got for him and that yeah. was a really short-lived feud too you would yeah. think that that story would carry a year right so it did it was it was just fizzled out like it was nothing over yeah. time And this match was so underwhelming that even (laughs) luscious Johnny Valiant and Ernie Ladd didn't want to take part. Yeah, they they put in, like, probably the post version. Because I know that some of these matches aired on primetime. I've seen them. And that was the first time I saw any of those matches. And I think that's the one they used. So there must have been, like, some bad audio, maybe. Maybe. Or they just liked the call better. Yeah, because they who knows maybe John was pissing on the match. Who knows? Maybe Gorilla said something about Johnny V and Ernie Ladd like taking a break or something. Well, they went but to go get hot dogs. Yeah, <laughs> but it was an obvious different sound quality to Gorilla's commentary. Like in the rest of the matches, he's kind of hyped up and he's not yelling, but he's speaking loudly because he's in this big stadium. Yeah, but in this match, it sounds like he's in a room talking to himself yep so it's an obvious difference so this is obviously put in later yeah i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people nitpicking sections of the network like this that yeah. does that thing but like i said i don't know that there's like an original cut that exists of this so yeah who knows that's probably the case but that that is nitpicking also on our part well yeah but it but is it's, an the, interesting, it's an interesting thing to point out it's the most interesting thing about this match is yeah like, true <laughs> we're stretching we're, for time here yeah Come i on. talked about a i talked about a storyline that hercules yeah. had like three years from then right. you know it's more I'm, exciting i'm, I'm than talking about audio quality yeah. and that's that's what we're getting out of this match <laughs> yeah 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 Billy Jack Haynes is a drug mule. <laughs> <laughs> the next matchup is the Dream Team versus the Rougeau Brothers, which on paper, yeah, fantastic match. Yes. The fabulous Rougeau yes. Brothers, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I always liked when they went heel and they did the EUX on the tights. That oh, was, yeah. That was, that was, you know, right. it's good heat. Yeah. So, yeah, they're coming in here. They, they just really got their contract, and... Another tag team specialist team being brought in. Man, there was an influx of tag team signings in 86. Yeah. Rockers would have been one of them, but that didn't work out until a year later. But it was just it's just fun to see fast, 
tag team specialist for yeah. me. That, that's my bread and butter. So I was happy to see this match in the Dream Team. No slouches, of course, former sure. tag team champions. I'm doing the gorilla thing where I make the apologies for bad guys and also, hey, if you don't like them, they still got the skills. Right. And uh, I think uh, another thing that amped up, and this match needed some extra stuff in it, I gotta say, because yeah. on paper, this match, yes, I'm yeah. watching this match on the, they used to do like, three house shows in different areas on the same night. So this is probably the main event of the B squad because Hogan's always main eventing the A squad. Right. So it's a B squad main event. And I mean that with respect. You got Johnny V who can't be in the corner of the dream team because he's got a job to do. He's, he's, he's a mile away literally (laughs) and he's going crazy. So at least he's going crazy in the booth. Uh, but there is something in this match that just kills it. And it's so yeah. sad. This is one of those things where we shouldn't have to talk about this, but we're going to have to talk about it because it's obvious and it hurts the match. Well, yeah, the referee, like, I don't know. He referees these next two matches and he's he makes himself, like, usually you don't talk about the ref because that's kind of their job is you don't notice them. Yeah. It's like music in a movie. Like if you notice it, it's not a good thing. Exactly. It shouldn't draw your attention, but this referee does because he's one of those guys that constantly counts, like puts his hand on the mat to check the shoulders and very laboriously one, (laughs) check the shoulders. Yep. Two. It's not even a Mississippi. It's like Mississippi, Tennessee. He has to think about it really hard before he gets that next count. Yep, and so every single count is like that, and it's yeah, it hurts the match. It brings it to a screeching halt. Yeah. I think it's just like oh, I think they did the best with what they had in the ring. I guess oh, with yeah. the personnel, but even even the match itself was there was no real like, I mean there was continuity, but there was no real like focus. I don't think it just kind of went back and forth a little bit. Yeah, um, they started to build some towards the end. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the referee is just when we were watching it together. Yeah, it's just it was distracting. Yeah, it, it hurt a lot of our enjoyment of it yeah and this is not a spoiler so this is all the the time we're gonna give that shit referee yeah so i'm gonna package this into this match and the match that follows like you said he yeah. was the ref at both of these matches have pinfall finishes yeah now you you pointed something out that makes it very obvious you can tell when the finish is happening there's a blatant tell yeah that ruins a match because you know it's done yeah and what did he do? Well, he pointed he, it he doesn't check the shoulders and he counts at a normal speed. Yeah. Like, or <laughs> almost fast count. Yeah. <laughs> like, because like we were saying, the other one's like, one, two. Yeah. Oh, we got up. Yeah. The, the last pinfall is going to be like, one, two, three. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. It's the Jim Molyneux effect. Yeah. If you're familiar <laughs> with ECW. Yeah. So, with, with the personality of a... a an Earl Hebner. I know you're a fan. Yeah. Well, no, that was the guy in the last match that did the Earl Hebner stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, like, got physically involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. but that's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the next matchup uh, is Harley Race versus Pedro Morales with, unfortunately, the same referee. Yes. I, I mentioned this This match would have sold out any arena in the late 70s or early 80s because at the time, I think, Timeline-wise, I could almost be assured because Harley, it seemed like he was NWA world champion for a long time. Yeah. I think at one time, Pedro Morales was the world champ when Harley Race was the world champ and they respected feds. So this is fantasy warfare, and it's at the big event. Now, if you had told some fan around that era that you'd see that match, you'd be like, oh my god. You yeah. know? And that's, oh, that's not 
not the main event. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, and it's like really short. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it really like, was. So I can imagine there's got to be a handful of fans that were like, oh my God, we're finally going to get to see Harley. Mm-hmm. This is like playground bus fantasy warfare. Once again, like I said, yeah. oh no, Pedro would whip Harley's ass. And they'd probably go back and forth about this. Now they're finally seeing it, those yeah. handful of guys, and they're like, <sighs> yeah, there's. It's so sad because they're both awesome and Hall of Famers. Yeah, of course. Since there's just not a lot to this match either. Like, there's a lot of matches on this show where you say there's just not a lot to it. Yeah. And I don't even think this one was clipped. It might have been. I don't remember. I have to go back and like check. But it, yeah. um, it was just kind of short, and it felt like it felt like one of those times when the night was getting long and they needed to cut something down and they were like oh well this is doesn't have title implications or anything so can you like cut 10 minutes off your match sure maybe they maybe they were fine with it you know yeah. both guys are not long for their careers at right. this point either i mean harley's only going to be wrestling another two years i and think at this point that could be something that could have been too maybe it was always planned this way and they would the draw was just the names and they didn't really intend to go like full length i mean it was still sure. it was yeah. still fun like harley like took the fight to the floor immediately yeah. and um, you get paid either way. Right. You may not get a bonus, but you're going to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was fun to see these two against each other, but don't get your hopes up. Yeah, don't go out of your way for this one. Yeah. yeah. But that does lead into the main event of the night. Of course, it's for the WWF title. The champ, Hulk Hogan, of course, versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff yes. with Bobby Heenan in his corner. Benedict Arnold is gorilla. Yeah. Uh, said quite a bit and all throughout the rest of 86. Right. And, yeah, you know, I've picked on Orndorff a lot. I'm hard on him, but he doesn't have the worst match on the card very often. And I can say that about this match. It's not the worst match on the card. Yeah. In, in a show where it underdelivers, even after on sure. paper, this match ain't too bad after everything's said and done. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you have to consider who he's in there with. And as much as we like don't really like Hogan all that much and and kind of complain... Like, he does... His matches can be good because it's just... It's action from start to finish. Yeah. And that's what this was, is they started out real hot and just, yeah. like, swinging at each other yeah. and getting the crowd pumped really high. You believe that they hated each other, and yeah. that's that's everything. Right so this there. isn't... This is this is a Hogan match. It's not yeah. a technical thing. It's just brawling and energy, and that's why his matches are entertaining, I think. Yeah. And Orndorff was in there, too, and he helped facilitate that. I'm trying not to give Orndorff, like, too, too much credit, because yeah. he was in there with Hogan. He wasn't, like, you know... It's, it's as a modern-day guy... We'll say guy because it's mostly guys. Right. During the Cena era. Yeah. Where Cena's got the belt a lot. So think about it this way. We're a year and a half, a little under two years into Hogan's initial title run. Yeah. Orndorff may not have garnered any kind of real fan support, but now you can see that there are guys in the crowd that are about Orndorff because he's fighting Hogan and he's yeah. a threat to the title now. Yeah. And I think that's where he's getting everything from as far as any kind of fan support at all. Yeah. The people that want to see him win, they don't necessarily want to see Paul Orndorff win the world title, but they'd rather see anybody wear it than Hogan at this point. And yeah, there was I'm a sure contingency at that yeah. point. Yeah. Not a big one, yeah. but it was there. Yeah. And you could see it in the crowd too, you know, whenever I saw a deep guys doing the pile driver motion when Orndorff did it. Right. You know, whether they were just aping him or not, yeah. out of spite, but, you know. So, 
there was definitely a believability that Orndorff could walk away with the title. You know, that's, that's all you really need. Yeah. So the drama's there, and it really it made for an entertaining match, I gotta say. Yeah. Credit where it's due. Well, yeah, yeah, I just, I, I kind of say, like, I compare Hogan to, like, in my head, RVD is the example of the guy that has a specific match that he always, always wrestles. And anybody in that ring with him is going to have an entertaining match because RVD is wrestling that man. It can be anybody. Yeah. And he's going to do it. And that's what Hogan does. And Hogan... So Hogan kind of carries Orndorff to that entertaining match. Yeah, yeah. So... Is my opinion. Like I said, the match overperformed because of the card itself. Sure. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so... No better time to rank than now, I guess. All right. Yeah. So, 11 matches on this stacked card that went super fast, actually. Um, at the bottom of the barrel is Ted Arcides standing in the middle of the ring against Tony Gurria. Yes. Coming up just above that at number 10 is Dick Slater versus Iron Mike Sharp in the match that I can't even remember at this point. It's like yeah. a dream. Like, stopped watching the show and it just dissipated. I, mean, I can't remember it already. I think the bottom five clock in at like under three minutes apiece. Yeah, time. and that's a, big reason, that's a big reason why they're yeah. so low as well, just because there's not, not much to talk about and it's not worth it's not worth the time to turn on your device load up the network find the show skip to the correct little bubble on the timeline and start watching it it's not worth it that's really the precedent we're gonna set here uh coming in at number nine is one of our favorite feuds of all time billy jack haynes versus hercules hernandez (laughs) the oscar nominated no holds barred coming in at number eight is something that should have been so much higher it's harley race versus pedro morales Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Coming in at number seven is something that looks fun on paper, but when you get it in the ring, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that's a little too much. It's Adrian Adonis versus Junkyard Dog. Yes. Rest in peace, both guys. Yeah. No, I love both those guys, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. was my favorites growing up. Yeah. Um, coming in at number six is the opening match on the show, Haas and Not a Funk versus the Killer Bees. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I no appreciate problem, that. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in at number five on this show is the Fabulous Rougeos versus the Dream Team of Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. And I gotta say, if it wasn't for that damn ref, I think this could have contended for match of the night. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe at least second. I think it would have gone up one spot at you think least. So? Yeah, yeah. I might I might have politicked for two if it been for that ref. But that's just me. I'm yeah. just yeah. That's... I think we might have actually had something to disagree about at that point. I'm begging them to give us we've been very agreeable lately right. on this and we haven't had that throwdown yeah. like we have sometimes on better shows right. like the better the show the more they're going to get us to maybe kind of well, I think there's that. clear distinctions there's clear levels in, in these shows right now I'm just waiting for it to get to that point because I, yeah. I like doing that with right. but till then Coming in at number four is King Tonga versus Magnificent Morocco. Yeah, a, a little mini gem there to maybe yeah. seek out. It's it was fun. I'd, I'd, I'd seek it out. If you if you know who these guys are, if you know Haku, but you're not familiar with King Tonga, yeah. I'd say check it out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Morocco's going to be solid every time. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Coming in at number three is the spectacle of the six-man tag team match, The Machines and Captain Lou. Versus Bobby Heenan, King Kong Bundy, and Big John Studd. Yes. Missing in action, Piper Machine, and Hulk Machine. <laughs> but, 
coming in at number two is Hulk Hogan versus Paul Orndorff. Yeah. In his, I think we usually rank like Hogan matches like just below the top. Yeah. We just can't bring ourselves to put him at the top all the time. You know? I I don't think he, it's not warranted either. Hey, think about think about what most people would say the greatest Hogan moment slash match of all time is. Yeah. Is you know Mania three? Yeah, yeah. Is that the top of the car? Is that the top ranked match of the well, night? No. no, 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 it's not. So number two is the guy from that match at the top of Mania 3, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Nice. Good tie-in there. I like that. (laughs) Uh, That's that's all that needs to be said, I guess. So I would say, yeah, top four matches, I think, if you're you're gonna seek out this show for one of, like, the King Tonga or the Jake Roberts Steamboat match, which I think you should... Then stick around for those four matches that we mentioned. And also, on the very basic surface of, if you want to see WWE in the 80s in a baseball stadium in Canada, not looking like all the other places, because that actually has a mental effect on me, I think, as far as some of these things. But So you do that, like Chris said, watch the top four matches on our list, and you're giving up like a half hour of your day. Sure. You got a half hour break at lunch? Do it. I say do it. Yeah. I would agree. All right. Yeah. We need to get a little more disagreeable, damn it. All right. Come on, Vince. Book it. All, All right. right. Till then, we'll get out of here. Chris, take it away. All right. Go to cnjradio.com for the Wrestling House Show. This podcast, our recaps and reviews of current TV and old school TV and everything in between. All the good stuff. Go there. You can find us on Facebook through our .com page. Also on cnjradio.com is Rock Strikes 10, hosted by this man over here, Joey. The show always guaranteed to give you 10 songs, no more, no less. Subscribe to Rock Strikes 10 on iTunes. Yes. And also on cnjradio.com is The Synaptic, a music podcast that is a true alternative. Yes. And also is my website, The Last Theater, which does movie reviews, talking about uh, horror and cult cinema and things like that. And I do occasional podcasts on there as well, hopefully more in the future. Yes. I'll join you if you if if you'll have me. All right, <laughs> all right, awesome, Chris. I will stay on cnjradio.com as well, as should everybody else listening. And until the next review, we'll see you. Bye. Bye.